At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Minnesota Tim podcast. I am being joined by Jake's takes today. But before Jake shares his take on the Minnesota Tim podcast, please rate and review the podcast wherever you are currently listening to this podcast. Okay, like I said, Jake's takes is back on the Minnesota Tim podcast. Like we said before the season began. This would be a weekly appearance from Jake's Takes. And here we are back-to-back weeks. The Minnesota Vikings are one and one. There is some breaking news that we'll get to shortly in the world of fantasy football. Um, But Jake, thank you again for coming back. Wednesday morning, early bird. That's what we are. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I think this is the first time we've ever done it back-to-back weeks. So, you know, look at us getting our lives together <laughs> i think last year i was like oh we're gonna do it weekly and then we never did I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I didn't do it weekly i was you know laying an egg and who knew that having a kid would be enough motivation to get up at six o'clock in the morning and and do it weekly so here we are back to back so vikings dominate the green bay packers want to know we look good we look like a football team that we've never seen before in the history of minnesota sports on week one since 1998, hadn't seen since yeah. 1998. Yeah, or 99. I mean, whatever. Randy Moss Carter, you know the bit. Yeah, yeah. 98 was the year. 15 and one. Because it always confuses me for a second. Because like you know, the year crosses over, so I always forget when they say the year of the you know whatever Super Bowl year. Because it's like the year starts in 98 and finishes in 99, and I yes. always forget how they count those years. Same with the NBA. It's like is the title of 08. Meant it was the 07 08 season. Yes, that's such a good point. You know, I always I always forget that it's silly and shouldn't be should be easy to remember, but I always forget. It's like with the Vikings, I always forget, all right, was it ninety-eight into ninety-nine or was it ninety-nine into two thousand? But it was yeah. ninety-eight into ninety-nine, right? Yeah, um, yes. I, I, I was so. four, so I mean I don't know. Like this season is the two thousand twenty-two season, but it finishes in two thousand twenty-three. Right, it's a twenty-three Super Bowl, so that's confusing. Yeah. 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 
Anyway, sorry, that's no one probably cares about that. No, I actually do care about that. I think a lot of people can relate to it because I, when I look at statistics online or Super Bowls online, I have to go through the same process in my own head. Hey, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I do that every time too. And I, I just thought it was probably just me, but that's, that's the only thing baseball has going for it. It doesn't have pace of play or excitement or anything like that, but it does have the fact that it, it starts in the same year <laughs> and finishes in the same year, every single year. So I think there's we at least know, we know that, you know, that the twins are going to lose in the same calendar year. At least you don't have to worry about when they win, you know, a world series. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we go back to 1991. True. I'm working on a theory myself. So I've been working on this theory for a little while. You know, holes, the movie holes with caveman and Hector Zeroni and caveman and a whole bit. Um, You know how there's this family curse because yada, yada, yada didn't carry this man up the hill when he was supposed to carry this man up the hill or whatever it was. Yeah. He refused to do it. So then there's the curse of shoes always stinking. Um, There's the drought. It never rained. And then Hector Zeroni comes along. Caveman comes along and they break the family curse. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that the Minnesota sports curse is broken based off what happened to me this year. What happened to you? So, in 1991, I was born. And in 1991, the Minnesota Twins won the World Series. So, I was alive, technically, for that World Series. Okay. Yeah. But you remember then, it well. But, yeah. But then there was a <laughs> curse. There was a curse among Minnesota sports fans. And I think it's because I was born. And the only way to break that curse was to have offspring. And the reason why it was about offspring is because it took me forever to get married to do a little. (laughs) So I think the curse of Minnesota sports franchise is not winning a major title is broken and it will happen three or four years. (laughs) So now that you probably three or four, shouldn't it be broken like right now? Or just in the near future is fine. In the near future is fine. Just to help the theory. I don't think the Twins are winning it all this year. I don't think the Timberwolves or Vikings are winning it all this year. We'll give it two or three years just to give the theory a little bit of credibility. Sure. I mean, I guess it's as good as theory as any. I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to dispute it. Okay. You've seemed cursed for a while, so maybe it's time, you know, maybe it's changed. Yeah. You can almost see the old grandmother, the Minnesota Vikings grandmother, you know, in the movie holes. And now the curse is broken. (laughs) There we go. And you know what? Because, I mean, we did the little (laughs) before we had a baby after we were married, but it couldn't actually be proven that we did the (laughs) until we had a baby. So I think now the curse is broken. I'm glad you've been working on that theory. It's real. It's airtight. It really is. Yeah. Thank airtight. You. Thank you. So let's get on to the topic that we wanted to touch on. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles trounced the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football 24-7. to 
That's mm-hmm. why Jake's takes is here. He's also here for amazing theories, amazing takes like seasons and stuff like that. What were your thoughts after the Eagles dominated the Vikings? Well, I thought it was kind of just a textbook win by the Eagles. It's pretty simple. It's kind of it really was kind of the mirror image of last week's game, the way the Vikings played the Packers. The Eagles were more prepared to look like they had a better plan. They had better players in some spots. And I think what the interesting thing will be for the rest of the season is can the Vikings run the ball? Because the Eagles had no fear of the Vikings running the ball. And they don't <clears throat> they normally don't blitz very much. And they were dialing up blitzes like nobody's business because they knew that no matter the situation, they were not gonna hand off the ball. Um every time we're near the red zone, it's been pass, 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 pass. And that's great. You know, it works, but you get to the end of a game and Dalvin Cook has six carries. You know, even even when you're down 24-7 and you're trying to get it, I mean, Kirk was getting absolutely obliterated. He was getting one second to throw on some of these plays because the Eagles are just daring the Vikings to run or do a draw or anything like that. So that's the long-term thing where I'm curious to see how they adjust. But other than that, I, I think they'll be fine. You know, the Eagles are one of the potential Super Bowl teams, or at least from the NFC especially, looks like one of the more strong teams. So not worried that that game was a disaster at Philly Monday night. That's a tough place to play. Things didn't go well. Kind of from the beginning, it just kind of unraveled. Um, but the, the run game is the part that I'm a little nervous about. Like, how are they going to get Dalvin Cook going so that we're not just a one-dimensional team? We can skew towards the pass, but we can't only pass. And that's sure. we were only trying to pass. And Kirk's not good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. He's not like Josh Allen where they can just pass four, 50 times a game. You know, you need enough balance that Kirk can be a balanced threat. So that's my worry. Okay. Mike Zimmer had no problem running the ball. All they did was run the ball. I mean, Kirk Cousins threw the ball. I mean, I guess there's some balance, but it was such a predictable run. I think that's what it was. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, Vikings get down 14 to zero early. Probably feel like he needs to pass. Maybe they panicked a little bit Mm -hmm. um, based on the three and outs that they had immediately. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that, that's a good point that you made about Dalvin Cook. I heard that uh, my inside sources are telling me you that, uh, the lack of touches Dalvin Cook had, um, was very costly for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I run a guillotine league with 17 or I guess 16 of my closest friends and family, whoever wanted to join a couple, four years ago now. And I've gotten better every year. I went 12th place the first year. Eighth and then fourth last year. Hmm. So I've been like, kind of, I'm like, okay, well, this is my year to get first. That's just how math works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so if you're not familiar with the guillotine, it's just each, there's 17 teams in week one, whoever finished 17th gets cut. And then all their players go into waivers and you have 500 bucks to bid for their whole year. So then week two, there's 16 teams and whoever gets 16th gets cut and so on and so forth till there's just one team left. Well, my team in week one, I only had 45 fantasy points for my team. I was lucky somebody had 31. Who's that? So Casey Fails got kicked out first. <laughs> I can't believe he replaced Mr. Hoffman as the science teacher at Watertown. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I saw the news before the season. I'm like, Casey Fails, look at this guy taking over Mr. Guy. Hoffman. The return. He's going home. He's going home. Yeah. yeah. Sure, they had a know. ceremony and everything for him. I'm sure they did. But. So Casey had bad luck, got out. I lost Dak Prescott and Elijah Mitchell, so my team was hurting, literally and 
it stinks. <laughs> so I, I picked up Derek Henry from Casey's team for like 300 bucks, basically like almost, all, you know, two thirds of my budget or three, three fifths, I guess, technically. But yeah, you get the point. So three fifths of my budget is gone. But I'm like, my team stinks. I need some help. Derrick Henry should be a good running back. And I also have Dalvin Cook. So I'm like, okay, that's a good core to hopefully buy me a few weeks. We get into Monday Night Football and I'm down. My dad is in 15th and I'm in 16th. He has like 62.4 points and I had like 48 or 47. I had 47. And so I'm like, okay, half point PPR, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. All I need is 15 points. Between the two of them combined, like that should be fine. One of the first Titans possessions, Derrick Henry gets a walk-in touchdown, so he had seven points already. So I'm like, perfect. We need game like over. Five point five points. The Vikings game hasn't even started yet. Between Cook and Henry, that'll be fine. And Henry finishes with twelve yards, which is what he had at that moment. He had seven, <laughs> seven carries for twelve yards, and they got boat race. You know, the Bills were up by forever, so they got benched early. You know, so. The Henry one makes a little bit of sense. Um, but then the Vikings one happens. And, I, you know, you're watching the game. You're like, oh, they'll get Gal- Dalvin Cook a couple catches and like, some carries. And they got into the second quarter. I'm like, okay, that's the one. There's no play. <laughs> got to the third, third quarter, and he's just getting a couple yards, you know, just a few carries and a couple catches. And, it, like, I, the, when they do give him the ball and he gets two yards, I'm, like, cheering, even though it's point two points. But, I'm like, now I'm getting desperate. Quarter four, I just, like, I give up. I quit, but then they did it. They gave him a catch and he got like 14 yards on the one of the last drives. And so then I was down to, I had 61.3 points. You were so watching the there. game down to the final wire. I think Haley and I went to bed with about <laughs> three or four minutes left. I was going to, but then I, I had the Dalvin cook hope and I was, and I was so mad. I wasn't going to be able to go to bed anyway. Cause I'm like, well, this is stupid. I'm getting cut. I didn't even care about the Vikings lost at that point. I was just like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so then they get the ball back with that. They had like the three minutes left, basically when you went to bed. And again, Dalvin Cook gets a catch. I'm like, okay, we are so close. We're like 1.2 points away now. And the two minute warning happens and they bring in Alexander Madison. <laughs> and he gets two catches, which for like, I don't know how many yards because I wasn't watching super closely, but he gets a handful of yards on each of them. So then easily enough points that if, if that was Cook still in the game, I would have survived. So basically sat on the couch staring at my phone, questioning life's existence, and <laughs> got cut from my league to my dad, who texted me. Early. He did the smart thing, which is in the morning. He had texted me, well, looks like I'm the one that's going to be cut. Good job surviving. You know, he did the reverse jinx. Yeah. That's so genius. I should have hit it first. Like, oh, I bet Galvin Cook and Henry aren't going to get 15 points. Good job, Jason. But he, he did it first. That's why he won. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Well, you have so a great dumb. story out of it. So that's nice. Maybe next year. There's always next year. <laughs> there is always next year. Now that the curse is broken, maybe you will benefit from this curse, too. Hopefully, yeah, that would be nice. If you could send some of that good juju my way, I'd, I'd take it for next year. Okay. Yeah, I'll work on that. I'll work on uh, trying to... Yeah, we're, we're related, so there at least has to be some sort of like residual curse you can kind of <laughs> sprinkle my way. You would think. A little part of it. Yeah, we're the same blood. Yeah. Same blood area constraints. I don't know. Same blood type, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a chance. 
there's a chance. There's yeah. Five blood types. I have no idea what mine is. So yeah. So after week one, everyone was talking about the Vikings going to the Super Bowl. I think they went to the team like with the sixth best Super Bowl odds. Um, people were talking about are the Vikings the best team in the NFC. And now after the Vikings lose to the Eagles, of course, everyone's jumping off the ship. They're worried. Is this consistent? Did Kevin O'Connell get out coached? Is Kevin O'Connell the right coach? Is uh, Kirk Cousins going to blow it again? Or I don't know. Is the defense playing prevent defense against the Eagles the wrong kind of defense that you should be playing? Are you worried about the Vikings going into the Lions? Or when, when would you start to worry? Well, I will say that. The Lions are better than we would have thought. Yes. Which was kind of the, the, the we mentioned that a little bit. The feeling, like, yes. We, we knew the Bears would be pretty bad, and that looks like it's going to be true. They're going to be a bottom three team probably with fields at the helm. But the Lions, we talked about like, well, they could be at least interesting. They got some players, blah, blah, you know, Jared Goff when given enough pieces. So, I mean, they scored 35 points in the, on the Eagles. I think we only managed seven. And last week they scored 30 something against the commanders and won. So that's, I mean, should the Vikings win? Yes. But suddenly that's not just a walk in the park. You know, that's going to be a high scoring affair, hopefully. Um, Or not hopefully, but just hopefully we can keep up, I should say, with the Lions. Yeah. Um, But in terms of the season long worry, I don't have any yet. Because if you listen to 50 50, formidable or favorable. <laughs> I meant takes. You can go back and listen to it. Yep. Before the season, I had the Eagles as a formidable game, and I had us losing. Right. I mean, that's just a tough. That's a tough game to win, even if the Eagles aren't a great team and they're a great team right now. So, do I wish it was a closer game and looked better? Absolutely. But will they figure stuff out? Like Lions is a perfect chance to figure out some of those offensive stuff, run the ball more. Um, hopefully, the defense. I mean, that wasn't too bad actually. The second half of the Eagles game, they. I know the Eagles kind of went into vanilla mode a little bit, but mm-hmm. the Vikings defense, I think long-term will be fine still. So yeah, I'm not worried about season long stuff, but now if they lose to the lions, now suddenly you're in the doghouse. Yeah. But yeah, that's the I, game for no. me too. Yeah. I looked at it the exact same way. I reacted to the podcast on Tuesday after mm-hmm. Monday night football. And I was like, you know what? I'm not worried about the Vikings yet. If they lay an egg against the Detroit lions and lose at home when they're favored to win, coming mm-hmm. off an embarrassing loss when they should be super motivated to go to U.S. Bank Stadium and just dominate just to show yourself and teams around the league that you're a legit possibility at winning some playoff games, maybe even a long shot Super Bowl contender, then the Lions is the game that you need to win. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's not a must win or whatever, but um, if you want to keep the haters away, if you want to give yourself a viable chance at winning like mm-hmm. and going deep into the playoffs and proving oh, that you the can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, then that's the game that you need to win. Um, yep. I thought the game against the Eagles was a game full of missed opportunities. You got uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins has three interceptions. I know the Vikings had a lot of three and outs, but it's not like the Vikings were struggling to get into scoring position. I mean, yeah. all of Cousins' three interceptions were at the 30-yard line or closer to the goal line. Correct. Two of them were yep, in the red saying, zone. Yep. I'd say all three of them were in, like, the scoring area. Yeah, um, it was, like, the 32-yard line or something the other one was. It was, yeah, it was on the brink of scoring again, yep. Yeah, so it's not like the Vikings had a problem getting to that area. 
Justin Jefferson, one of the interceptions was on him, according to what he said and what the coach said and what the announcer said, too. Um, The other two are obviously on Kirk Cousins. Then you got Chris Boyd being chased down by the holder. I mean, are you kidding me? How does a cornerback, after Patrick Peterson blocked that, and you see Chris Boyd pick it up, you're like, oh, this is a touchdown. This is a a no-doubter touchdown right here. How? Who's going to catch him? And you got Kendricks right there. You got Peterson blocking the field goal. It's like, wow, this could be the break that the Vikings needed to get back into the game. I will say I'm the only, probably the only Vikings fan that was yelling, get him, catch him, catch him. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, I want the Vikings to Selfish win. Selfish ambition. Well, Maybe you're the reason I mean, why we lost. In my world, you know, I, I work it out in my brain where it works out perfectly. And at that point, if Dalvin Cook scores a touchdown, I, I survived. So <laughs> he, he was running and it looked like he was going to get caught like right before the end zone. And I was hoping, you know, a little power Dalvin Cook up the middle. So yeah, <laughs> that eight number holder punter guy is somehow sprinting him down. I'm like, yeah, get him, get him. Yeah. <laughs> so he was your hero, but then he I mean, they didn't give it to Dalvin Cook anyway. And then they didn't give it to Dalvin Cook and then Kirk threw a pick. Like, well, good for you. Short, I mean, yeah. I'm glad so, that Kirk, Dalvin Cook lost you that game after you. Then I put my hand, my head in my hands, and I just then I questioned everything. I'm like, oh, he should have just scored because then <laughs> that game would be closer now. So oh, I, it man. really was terrible on all fronts for me. But yes, no, serves you right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I probably deserve it. I'm a terrible person. But anyway, no, I care about the money. You know, I wanted to win money. That's why I don't go and get involved in fantasy football because it gets you invested in other things that aren't the Minnesota Vikings winning. I, yeah. If the Vikings are like going like to win a Super Bowl kind of level team, then it's I usually skew a little bit more. When I think they're going to be a solid team like this year, like they can stomach it getting tackled by the holder, you know. <laughs> it's a great story. It's a great talking piece. Yeah. Um what was I going to say, though? Oh, Kirk. The one aspect that I mean, we've seen him struggle with pressure before, but he looked like a middle school quarterback <laughs> on Monday. And I know the, the Eagles were blitzing. Like I said, they weren't scared of the run. So, like, there is a part of that when you know the other team's going to pass. It's a lot easier to blitz. And, you know, as a quarterback, you're more nervous about getting sacked and getting hit and getting sandwiched because you know that they're blitzing because you know that they know that you're passing. Um, but it looked like he was playing 500 out there half the time. And, and it was just to Justin, like even that the one in the end zone, the sleigh, like, I don't remember the exact down, but it wasn't fourth down or third down yet or fourth down. And even if it was third down, it's four down territory, but he chucked it up there and Jefferson wasn't even looking. And yeah. if you want, like, I understand the pressures on his face. How many th- thousands of different quarterbacks have, chuck that ball out the back of the end zone and say, all right, let's find a next play because we, you know, this one's not working versus just saying 500 slay. You know, <laughs> yeah. and he just, it was right to him. And, 500 and, and then, alive. Guess, right, 500 <laughs> alive and slays just standing there under it with his hands ready. Like that was what was bizarre to me was not even that I understand he was under pressure, but just throwing the ball away or it was always towards Jefferson. Um, finding Adam Thielen or Irv Smith Jr. or KJ Osborne, like at least because they were clearly bracketing and making sure Jefferson was not wide open. Just don't throw that 500 ball up, especially near the red, or red zone or end zone. Like 
throw that thing out the back of the end zone and have another down to try. It was just, that was what was weird is he was backpedaling, looking like a middle school quarterback where six guys, you know, the offensive line all falls over and the middle school, all the linemen are coming in and you just, you just yeah. chuck it up there. Does that mean that's, it just, it was weird. I thought mm. I hadn't seen that from him in a while. That's why we have Jake's takes on the podcast right there. That's a mm-hmm. great take. Something that I didn't think of, something I saw, didn't realize, didn't put it together. 500 ball. Kirk Cousins was playing 500 ball. That's why we bring yeah, him on. And I understand down, you're trying to make plays, but he's usually pretty smart about it. And yeah, I don't know. That was weird. It wasn't smart. Well, Kevin O'Connell preached about Kirk Cousins throwing the ball down the field <laughs> before the season, <laughs> not yeah. dunking the entire time. So maybe that was his way of trying to do that. Right. Probably and like not. I said, I understand that. I mean, there was pressure in his face every time, but you got to handle it a little bit better, you know, a little bit. That was that was about as bad as you can handle it. When do you think we're going to see Irv Smith Jr. make a play? Well, he scored a touchdown. What are you talking about? Yeah, he scored a touchdown. As a walk-in, easy, wide-open touchdown. But, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he had a weird game, too, where he was just kind of, I don't know if it's his thumb. If he, he probably would say it's his thumb. That's a good excuse, right? He had a <laughs> surgically repaired thumb, and he has that one that literally is in his hands, and he somehow, like, knees it out of his own hands. Yeah. And he probably just went inside of that and, like, <sighs> my thumb. <laughs> Blame Sean Manning. He's the one that broke it in training camp. Because as, as much as we rip, or we're kind of ripping cousins here, he had a few dots that were just like, yeah, I don't know how, like there was one, the feeling that it was across the left to right, across the middle, that like, it was like an inch <laughs> over the linebacker's hand. Yeah. It's a stupid <laughs> throw, to be honest. Right, it probably was. And then the corner was like, closing in on it, and it, like, it hit Thielen just in the only spot it possibly could have been thrown. And there's another one on the sideline where Thielen in real time, it looked like it got picked off because the corner was just right there, and it somehow was only like Thielen's little like the only spot Thielen could have caught on the sideline. Yeah, and I thought, pick, I thought it was a pick six because yeah. the corner jumped it. But uh, he had some good throws. And that Irv Smith one is another example. It was perfect, like just over the corner safety, whoever that was. And it was that was great. an unbelievable yeah. throw. I don't even think he even saw that guy because I mean that was an <laughs> insane throw. Right. If he right, if he saw that guy, you could argue it was a stupid throw because <laughs> it probably should have been picked. But the guy kind of whiffed a little bit. And I mean, Smith was in stride, even he didn't have to slow down. It was like right in stride. And he just I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Christian, he just Christian Watson did. Right, I was going to say that's what I was going to say. If you think about how much seven points can cost a team and the momentum and shift the landscape of the game like it did against the Green Bay Packers. Well, now the Minnesota Vikings have an example of that. Yep. Um, another Against point, great teams can't leave point of, points on the board. I mean, that's all, you know, you got to play a great, efficient game, and they left points on the board. So, yeah. yeah. On the road, Monday Night Football. Right. Eagles' first home game, they're fired up. Yep. Yeah. Um, another point that I wanted to talk about, I talked about it yesterday. Cam Dantzler got benched. Um, standing on the sideline with his helmet in the hands, not in the blue tent for concussion not being looked at for trainers for anything else. And before the season, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but before the season, he said he had his swagger back. He had his confidence back. I don't know what he got his confidence from or why his swagger was back. Uh, Like provide me some examples, show your work type examples of like why you feel your swagger is back after last season's horrendous season. Um, But I thought that was a, 
point to make. Yeah, he had that. Well, he had that one drive. I don't remember the exact. <laughs> He had like a couple of tackles, and then he had the illegal saying, yeah, contact. He made a tackle. He made like a pass deflection. He had a penalty, but then he like redeemed himself and like made a couple plays. Like yeah. he one, but I don't know. Yeah. Otherwise, the defense has been mostly fine. I think. I mean, yeah. obviously, the Eagles took advantage. I, don't, I mean, they kept talking about we were kind of playing that prevent shell coverage, and they just kept throwing under it. Yeah. Which I understand as a game plan, but it didn't seem like they ever switched the game plan. Um, the biggest thing that is, you know, like a, a limit to Kirk Cousins, when you have a quarterback that can scramble or run, playing defense is so freaking difficult. Yeah. And that's why Josh Allen is the best of the best. And even Mahomes to a certain extent where he can run enough that he can be a threat. Because Kirk Cousins does, but you, when you know we watch him run and it, it you kind of laugh. You feel like it should be that music where it's, the old time music when there's, you know, yeah. the, da, 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 da. oh yeah, yeah sure. just, oh, just kind of like, it, yeah, just kind of like, he's just, it, you're making fun of him as he runs basically. Yeah. You know, it looks like your dad just like pulled up to the family reunion and <laughs> stretched out his back and tried to do a, you know, three-legged race and fell over right away. Like that's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Yeah, um, but when you have Jalen Hurts, who can basically is a running back who can throw that does change everything because now while you're worried about your coverage, you're also in the back of your mind thinking like, especially he breaks that pocket a little bit. You're thinking, do I have to come up and tackle him? You could see it so many times where he was kind of scrambling to the right or left, I guess it doesn't matter, but, and you'd see like Eric Kendricks in his zone and he knows there's a receiver behind him. And he's like, well, do I stay with this guy and let Jalen Hurts run free? Or do I run up to make a tackle and give a wide open pass to this guy for 10, 12 yards? And that happened over and over and over again, where your defenders are just in an impossible, you know, impossible decision to make. And when Kirk Cousins scrambles, you're like, yeah, great. I'm going to stick with the receiver. And if you run for five yards, who cares? Like, we'll we'll track it down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll track it down. But Jalen Hurts, it's like, if you don't go get him, all of a sudden that's like, the potentially a 40 yard run that's a 60 yard touchdown right like that's it's the kind of just absolute killer of a play yeah it breaks the you, defense back right there right so you then play, you're always defense, on a swivel yeah. of do i stay with my guy do i have to go run up i mean obviously they have qb spies and things like that but when you're that fast like you you have to be aware of it so i do think that's what makes him a vibe because i don't know that jen hurts is some gunslinger the way you know josh allen has both that's why he's gonna probably be the mvp this year is yeah. he can run as much, he's their leading rusher and he's can pass it for you saw Diggs go off or whatever many yards. I mean, he it, he can throw every throw in the book. Um, and Jalen Hurts isn't there yet, but yeah. his running is good enough that he is a dual threat. Yeah. So Hurts played the game of his life on Monday Night Football. He'll never see Hurts look that make, make make plays look that easy on the football field. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it was it was super easy for him, and I mean, I, he just played the game of his life. One interception, but it went off the receiver's hands right into Jordan Hicks's hands, um, yeah. and then Kirk Cousins threw another interception, yeah. like the ten yard five hundred, five hundred, yeah, yeah. That's such a good point. Um, last week we talked a little bit about your offensive coordinator position for the Lynchfield Dragons eighth grade football team. Can we get an update from that, please? 
Yeah, we can. So that because that we had a game versus Glencoe, correct? Yeah, that was what it was. And yeah, you originally said your playbook was not very open right now. It was like the Christian Ponder car that was like a teeny tiny square. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Little Musgrave. Yeah, I said that was that the old coordinator the Vikings had that had like the tiny, tiny, tiny yes. little card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. So well, so uh, today or on Thursday against Blanco, I brought the card that was. I'm sorry, I can't think of a good example of an offensive coordinator, but it was you know three feet by three feet. It was just it looked like I had like a whole whiteboard with me. <laughs> not, not actually, but we did practice more plays. Is my point. Um, well, and we, we ended up playing our bus. We only had one bus and we had to wait for like a half hour for another bus and it was a whole ordeal. So we got there late and just started playing right away. And I wasn't sure how good GSL was. So we kind of started with our base plays, kind of our normal foundational runs. You didn't look at the game tape beforehand? No, we didn't look at the game tape, no. Okay. I just knew that they had beat them last year in seventh grade. That's all I knew. Sure. So... We ran the ball, a lot of it up the gun, and then we did some QB keeps because we have one quarterback who's a little bit more Jalen Hurtsy, a little more power running. So <laughs> ran him on the outside, and then we just ran the ball down their throats, and then I laughed. So a couple of the Glencoe kids, I could, they started trash talking a little bit. I could hear them. They're like, he can't throw. He can't throw. Watch, Just watch the run when he gets the ball. And so I told my quarterback, and like, we were on like the three-yard line. I'm like, we're going to pack pass touchdown here so we just all we all we did was we did like a slant with the tight end or a slant out you know yeah and no one was within 20 yards of him because they thought we were going to run it so it was the easiest you know he just popped it was the easiest pass of his life but they were so jacked up he's like i told you i could pass yeah <laughs> you know his one for one with three yards you know um i think we passed the ball I think we passed the ball once the rest of the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, but man. we didn't need to. We won 22 to 8, and oh, wow. it was all just power running. We So, point is, we had a giant play card, and I shrunk it all the way down, and we just ran five or six plays because we were just kind of – our O-line, D-line really were kind of doing the doing their jobs really well, so we were able to create space so we didn't have to get too fancy. So, so you're telling me that if you were the Vikings offensive coordinator, Dalvin Cook would have had no issues getting the yardage that he needed to get for your guillotine fantasy football league to win. I'll say this. I gave my running backs more than six carries and they had more than 17 yards. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How do you distribute the the running between the backs? I mean, how do you do well, that? Well, we have, we have two offenses. So we have a green offense and a black offense because we have 32 kids. Um. So I'm trying to think. There are probably maybe six or seven different people got carries. Um, there's kind of two main ones that got a lot of the carries. They're kind of the two best running backs, so we give them a few extra carries. But we try to sprinkle the ball around. You know, it's middle school football. We want everyone to try to at least be involved a little bit, see yeah. if we can make things happen. So well, like I said, we threw the ball a couple times, did a couple little jet sweeps for some guys and things like that. So. I mean, sometimes there's stories of like eighth grade offensive coordinators all of a sudden getting an opportunity collegiately and then they mm. advance into the NFL levels after, you know, breaking barriers and doing things that have never been seen before. And yeah, that's kind of my plan. So like Kevin O'Connell, you know, he was a quarterback for a while and then he was a QB coach at a couple different minor NFL teams, you know. 
Yeah. He's an offensive coordinator for one year and then he's a head coach, right? He's only like 36 or seven. Like I'm 27. So I've been an offensive coordinator for two years already. This is my third year. And so I'm kind of like I'm a little bit ahead of him. Yeah. Because he was a QB coach like for like eight years. Like that's not really the offensive coordinator is a higher spot. Right. Um, and when you think so about kind of, it, it's easy to get professional football players to run a play, to get right, that part to easy, follow yeah. the scheme. Stuff. Right. Right. Teaching 32 eighth graders what a play is, that's tough. I mean, I, I don't think <laughs> Kevin O'Connell's ever had to do something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like the proof is really like in the pudding, as they say. Like, I've, it's been three years so far of elite offense. So I'm just kind of waiting for my time. Yeah. Um, you know, someone will notice. So I'm just waiting for that opportunity. Maybe, I mean, there's, if it's college, you know, if I need to go to, I mean, Wisconsin or Iowa, right? Iowa can't score a touchdown to save their lives. They <laughs> suck. Um, you know, I, I could bring in a new play card for them. And Wisconsin, kind of the same thing. They've passed the ball a little bit better than they have in the past, but they still aren't scoring a lot of points. So, you know, there's some opportunities out there if teams are looking for an upgrade. Yeah. Just well, something just new, your, something yeah. different. Yeah, keep your head to the grindstone, and I'm sure that opportunity will open up soon. Jake's takes, as always, Wednesday mornings on the Minnesota Tim podcast. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insights. They are elite, and I'm thankful. I appreciate you. Oh, go Gophers. Roll the boats, Kaima. Woo. All right. Thank you for coming on the pod today. Thank you. BJ Fleck. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.